The year was 1879. James Hingsley was an Australian journalist who returned from his voyage to Indonesia with a strange tale on his lips. He claimed that the Northern Islands were populated with an evil flower that captured insects and devoured them whole. Is this a lie? A trick? An evil curse? Or a little shop of horrors plant? By no means. It's just the work of one devout little insect known as the Orchid Mantis. But sometimes, blending in means standing out here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy, or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. LD, LD, I gotta, I gotta enunciate that more. And a very special thank you to our patrons, Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, Paul Chomo, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a bug that engages in more aggressive mimicry than a middle schooler repeating everything you're saying. But more on that later. Oh, man, I've got that joke later on in my notes. <laughs> I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. I, if you have a sibling, then aggressive mimicry is something you're probably pretty familiar with. <laughs> but what are we talking about? We are talking about the orchid mantis orchid mantis mm -hmm. that sounds like an obscure actor's name like this is starring mads mickelson and orchid mantis <laughs> it does and benedict cumberbatch mm -hmm. um yeah the orchid mantis it's also called the walking flower mantis or the pink orchid mantis well, it's not always pink but we're gonna call it here the fleur fatale and the planter snatch Planter snatch. I you know, like it. From the Bandersnatch. What is Bandersnatch? Uh, Benedict Bandersnatch. <laughs> Benedict Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch Cumberbuns. Um, mm -hmm. No, it's a it's a monster from Through the Looking Glass. Oh. Uh, would you like to know what science calls this? I think I would. Okay. It's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom Animalia. Yes. To the phylum Arthropoda. It's in the class Insecta. It's in the order Mantidae. Guess what those are? I'm going to go with sharks. Now, they're those guys that uh, kind of trick bulls. They're mat matadors. <laughs> Manta mantises, mantises are the order Mantidae. Uh... 2400 species they're in the family hymenoptidae hymenopodidae 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 hippopotamus the genus is hymenop hymenopus and the binomial name is hymenopus coronatus I like that that sounds like a Hogwarts professor mm-hmm 
Speaking of Hogwarts professors, <laughs> it's time for my favorite part of the show, nitty gritty nomenclature. We mm. already know we already know what a mantis, a group of mantises is. And I definitely remember, so. Yeah, I knew you would remember. It's a no, congregation. I, oh. Oh, did you not remember? remember? That, but I might have remembered once you said it. Yeah, that's true. I was like, if he doesn't remember off the top of his head, he will remember when I say it. Um, but yes, it's a congregation of praying mantises. One of the most, one of the best terms of venery because it's the most appropriate. Um, but no, we're going to go with nitty gritty nomenclature. We've got Hymenopus coronatus. What, Joe, does that mean in English? Does it mean A, crowned flower, or B, floral king, C, winged foot crown or d blood shell crown blood shell crown final answer eh. dang it it is winged foot crown Def no not not on the radar at all him him and him him and <laughs> the hymen thing is um is like a winged like uh, membrane um and then puss is foot like octopus membrane um and then obviously cor coronatus coronate corona it's all crowns yeah yep the crown was a uh, was locked in but uh the rest i figured of it was <laughs> not nice yes winged foot crown not that this not that the praying mantis has wings for feet, but it's, I mean, you're going to get into the description here in a second. So There's I'll let membranes. you say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the orchid <clears throat> mantis is a small, colorful mantis. It diverges from the typical leaf green color to be mostly white and pink. Their heads are shaped like typical mantises, but make it more aquiline. So they're... Dracula style. Yes. The way, the the only the only uh adjective that Bram Stoker had to describe his Dracula was aquiline. Yes. Over and over and over again. Like whatever that means. That's where I learned that word, like an eagle. Do you know that did you know that that's what that means? Cuz aquila is like eagle. I guess. In Greek or Latin or something like that. Aquila the hun. Aquila and the bee. Yeah. So their eyes come to point at the top of their head and they taper down the he whole head tapers down like a V shape to their mouth parts. Uh, like other mantises, they have four walking legs and a pair of spiked legs in the front for catching prey. Mm -hmm. And it, the, should I go further? Just... Well, I, I guess I will say the thing that you tease, which is they have like these um, broad, uh, broad um uh, planes on their legs oh yeah you can you can go all out with the, the description the physical description of this guy um yeah so like they they their legs have uh this broad um broad broad area which could be the wings uh the wing description in the uh, in the binomial name and then their their the back of their abdomen have this uh dot on it which will be important later, mm -hmm. either for you or for me. But I'm going to leave it there. 
leave the leave the punch for the uh, for the punch time. Okay. That so that brings us to the blood measure up segment, the official listeners' favorite part of the show. The, this is the part of the show when we present the animal's size and dimensions in relatable terms, relatable terms, through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio over yourself saying, saying you're chittering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week. So I've decided to incentivize every time we have a new measure up for the me- measure up intro for the measure up segment, Carlos gets 5% towards his nursing school victory. <laughs> On both questions. Huh. So if you'd like to see Carlos win. Or have a, have a 5% greater chance of winning. Because yeah. these can't stack. We only get the one measure up. Although right. in one week, if multiple people send measure ups, but we only use the one, does that count? Or does that spread out? I would think we would only use the one. Because I still it- want to be able to reserve the right to give you additional trivia questions that will stack with this. So th- this game is getting a lot more complicated, even though the points don't matter. Right. Well, we got to spice it up. <clears throat> like we, you know, you have to continually build after 200 and, mil- 200 and whatever episodes. Can I get percentage point? Can I get um, extra credit for having stumped you in nitty gritty nomenclature? That's a different game. <laughs> <laughs> that I will lose like 40 like probably uh you win more than win you lose for, for sure do i yeah i'm i don't know someone who's who's uh been listening maybe keep track but i I'm feel per- like i lose I, more but that I might feel like be you win uh, more. negativity bias do i have positivity bias or no it's negativity for me because i don't want you to win you're I'm trying, the, I'm, you're the I'm trying games to stump master you. so in both in cases case. it is negativity bias you're right yeah uh, let's, let's talk, um, well, first let's, uh, introduce the segment. Uh, we're going to go back into the archives to find, uh, something, a measure up intro that was good and that we enjoyed. So without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. John Cena. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. It's measure up. Do you remember that? You remember I that do one? remember that one. It from gave some me heart rando? palpitations. From some rando mindset reframed. Yeah, that was um, terrifying. I do remember that. <laughs> I remember that as the as the day my uh, heart my pa- heart my heart skipped several several beats. Yeah, your heart grew three sizes. Yeah, it was very traumatic. It hurt a lot. Let's talk female length. They have among the largest size sexual dimorphism. Uh, males are less than 50% the size of the female, which is nothing compared to the anglerfish, but we digress. Actually, uh, that's, that's relevant. I'll talk about the anglerfish later on. Hmm. So the females are 2.5 to, to inches. Or 63 millimeters. So how many orchid mantises go into the height of the tallest orchid? Oh, boy. Here's a hint. This hint means something. Uh, (laughs) 
The pseudo pseudo vanilla folata foliata is called the great climbing orchid because it is, because it is not freestanding. It is instead uh, a plant that climbs structures like trees. So this is a plant. This is a flowering plant. What is it called? Pseudovanilla foliata. That that sounds like I could buy it at Starbucks. It is like a like I guess kin to or looks like the vanilla plant. Yeah, I mean, I want to like I want a venti grande whatever. Of a, of, of, of a vanilla foliata for, for absolutely yeah. sure half cap yeah no no full cap. goodness oh, okay. i'm i don't sleep remember <laughs> i when you have kids you don't sleep you need the full vanilla foliata full calf experience <laughs> <laughs> double shot anyway continue i have no reason to continue <laughs> <laughs> well uh free out there and podcast yeah so it's the vanilla foliata this tall vine-ish thing. Vines can go real high. Mm-hmm. This probably goes up a tree. Is it in Southeast Asia? I think this is in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, not that it matters because I don't. I don't know the average height of trees in either place. I'll say. I mean, a vine. Goodness, that could be hundreds of feet. But I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say sixty. Sixty, you said. Yeah, I think it goes up a tall tree and wind like it goes up like maybe a forty or fifty foot tree, but like winds around a couple times. So. Well, we're talking height. I don't know if we're gonna be we're gonna be when they measured the highest plant, they probably measured it from the ground straight. Probably not like winding around a tree. Tall trees can be sixty feet. We're going with it. It's true. They can be. Um, two hundred and eighty-eight. Um, uh, orchid mantises go into the height of the vanilla foliata. Final with, answer with foam. The correct answer is two hundred and thirty-five point two mantises. That that sounds like a nursing school victory. Let me do the math. <laughs> what did you say? It's a 288. 288. Let's see. That is... That is an 81.5. 81%. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to nursing school. <laughs> you're Yeah, you're going to be a nurse. Uh, yeah, so the great climbing orchid has been recorded climbing 15 feet, or 15 meters, or 49 feet. So you're only 11 feet off. That... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. So let's talk male length. They're yes. only one inch compared to the 2.5 inches of the females. That's in, if you speak uh, British, that's 25.4 millimeters. So how you know, many The British those... sometimes use the imperial system. That's because they're copying the cool kids. They're the Imperials. How many of the smallest flowering plants in the world go into the length of a male orchid mantis? How many of the smallest what? Flowering plant. Flowering plants. So smallest. Here's a, yes. Here's a hint. 
The smallest flowering plant is Wolfia globosa. Cool, cool binomial name, which is called duckweed and Asian water meal. It grows on the surface of calm bodies of water. If you take some uh, in your hand, it looks like slime until you look closer and see individual green pods. It can be eaten and is integrated into a lot of Asian cuisine. That is what is that's what's growing over the surface of all of the the lakes uh, at the Jacksonville Zoo. They they put a little sign up that says, "Listen, this place the the because everyone was complaining saying like, "Hey, I think you're choking out your lakes with algae," and they're like, "It's not algae, it's duckweed." Hmm. And it's fine. It's sign. It's a sign of a healthy ecosystem in Florida. <laughs> Calm down. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's like a bunch of little yeah, a bunch of a bunch of little things, little pods. So, it looks like so, in in the hand. It looks like that uh, magic sand almost. Yeah, that foam stuff. Like you can that as seen on TV's foam. Mm-hmm. What is yeah, it called? Like sensory s- play sand, sloam or something like that. They, they, I'm, this... I'm seeing magnetic sand, magic sand, kinetic sand. Kinetic sand is is actually a lot of fun. <laughs> we got it for uh, my, our uh, nephews, and we just sat down and played with it. And I was like, "Wow, it's sand that doesn't spill everywhere. This is great. <laughs> sand that doesn't." This the sand is rough and rough and coarse, but it doesn't get everywhere. Anakin would love sand. this, this stuff. This is my sand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you divide it up. You actually like draw a line in the middle and say, "This mm-hmm. this sand is your sand." Um, this is yeah, this is definitely Anakin's favorite kind of sand. Imagine if Tatooine was just kinetic sand. I mean, if you have the force, all sand is te- kinetic sand, but. Um, I'm gonna say an inch. Goodness, but those are so small. I'm gonna say 25. This sand is your sand. <laughs> so 25. That's it. That's my answer. 25. 25 okay. duckweed plants. Yeah. The correct answer is 125 duckweed oh, plants. Oh boy! I almost said 100, but I was like, man, they're 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 bigger than that. No. The plant can be one point or zero point one to zero point two millimeters or zero point zero zero four to zero point zero zero eight inches in diameter. Ah, For the math I went with the upper end of average. That is a that is a dramatic loss. Mm. But at least I got the last two digits correct. <laughs> yeah, you're like, only a hundred duckweed something. plants off. So that's all I got for that. Would you like to learn some fast facts before we get into the big old fact? Yeah. Let's talk orchid mantises. So the orchid mantis is native to Southeast Asia and prefers rainforests. Like a lot of stuff that lives near a rainforest. Because of biodiversity. Mm -hmm. So like most mantises, it's carnivorous or or carnivorous, if you will. (laughs) Will you? I I might. (laughs) In labs, it seems to prefer butterflies and moths. But it can eat a ton of stuff, uh, like flies and uh, 
uh, just bugs, bugs in general. It's an insectivore. So it's uh, specially designed to catch flies, like that, that little dot in the back of its abdomen that I mentioned is, I guess it looks like flies, but only, I guess, to flies. I think it looks like not a fly. Distinctly not a fly. It looks like a dot. Like That's because you're thinking like a human. Yeah, you're like so human centric. Like a f. Yeah, yeah. Why don't f- you step into the into the exoskeleton of a uh, of a 24 hour lifespan dumb little housefly? <laughs> we gotta find stuff to eat. Look at that. There's other flies on there. Let's go over there. No, no, no. I gotta find oh, something I'm to sorry. eat. Someone to mate with. Stat. <laughs> Before, so, <laughs> I'm, last... I've, I've been trapped inside this person's house because I got sucked in with the air conditioning change, and now I'm and I, I can't get out this window for some reason, and, and now things are looking dire. I can't look, get out this big open space. I'm very annoyed by it. I'm gonna keep trying though. <laughs> <laughs> Wish me luck. Uh, the orchid mantis is sometimes a cannibal, and it may eat its own, even its own siblings. Hmm. That's sad every time. Yeah. But that's all I got for that. Would you have any large facts, thick facts, viscous facts? Um, girthy facts is actually mm. what we have here. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So, oh, man, I didn't name this major fact. I got to remember to do that. I should name this Fleur Fatale. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's the, the, that was the nickname. Flower Power? Yes, flower power. There we go. <laughs> flower power. Um, all right. So uh, it from the intro, I know, Joe, you haven't heard the intro yet. Um, but James Hingsley uh, was an Australian journalist, and he visited Indonesia in 1879 and came back telling people about this flower that reached up and devoured insects whole and so you might think like oh this is, this is a venus flytrap done done wash my hands of this nonsense um but the reality is that it was not a venus flytrap it was a little insect the orchid mantis hmm. uh that was so baffling him although if you really look at this guy like i he looks they they do it does a good job of looking like a flower um but as humans we notice details um we're remarkably good at that in comparison to insects uh they are not very they're not very detail oriented they have a lot of other senses going on um and their vision is much more um they they like to see the the forest for the trees yeah um so this is what allows the orchid mantis to use its mimicry ability um and we've covered a few of nature's greatest mimics on this show um including a spider that mimics a flower so this is along the same vein uh some animals use mimicry to avoid predators like the mimic octopus um others use it to be predators also like the mimic octopus uh, the orchid mantis also uses it for both uh but mainly it, the the observation has been for its predation but it can also you know 
because it looks like a flower, avoid being eaten by birds and things like that. Uh, it uses a tactic that we mentioned earlier called aggressive mimicry, which is like when your sister goes, and you're just like, I don't want to watch Sweet Life of Zack and Cody again. It's time for some Drake and Josh. Hand me the remote, please. Um, but actually, <laughs> aggressive mimicry is using camouflage uh, to stand out rather than blend in. So most of the time, camouflage is used so that other things, either prey or predator, they don't see you. The point is to not be seen. Um, but with aggressive mimicry, you want to be seen, but you don't want to be recognized. Um, so, you know, for the most part, if you're prey and you're, you have camouflage, you want predators to not see you and to leave you alone. Um, and for the most part, if you're a predator and you're using camouflage, um, you want prey to not see you and also to not run away. Um, but with this one, it's the, the idea is to lure th things to you. I uh, like the wriggle, like the wriggling worm tongue, the Grima worm tongue of a snapping turtle, um, or that glowing, uh, bioluminescent lure on a female anglerfish. There's the anglerfish tie in. Um, they, they, they want to be found like the, like the ring. Um, so what, when it turns out, it turns out that if you like to eat bugs, um, looking like a flower has some definite perks. The mantis, the orchid mantis will find orchids and climb up, uh, different stalks, finding ones that have flowers. And once they do, they will clutch the stalk close to the other flowers, um, or on the flower itself and sway with the breeze, purposefully sway. Uh, in order to mimic the way that the the buds move in the breeze, um, and they will also wiggle that little black dot at the end of their their abdomen that you mentioned looks like a fly. Two flies because flies don't really have a lot of detail oriented um, vision. They just see like black dot. That's a that's a fly. I'm gonna go s see if see if it's my soulmate. Um, but however, their main uh, prey, the or the orchid mantis's main prey, uh, is pollinating insects. Like these are bees, wasps, butterflies, moths. Um, they land on the flower that they're. The, the, so these these other insects will land on the flower, thinking they're just going to do a little bit of pollinating, maybe sip a bit of that sweet sweet nectar, and then bam, they are caught in the elbow jaws of a hungry mantis. Um, with those like horrible inwards facing spines that like lock the prey into place like a nutcracker um, or like one of those handheld nutcrackers um, and just put them in the deadliest full Nelson in the insect kingdom and in the insect class that's class uh, but they don't always need to be around flowers in order for this to work they don't need to look like one of several flowers um, in fact, researchers have found that they actually are better flowers or better, better at attracting insects than actual flowers or actual orchids, at least. <clears throat> this is because orchids are very particular when it comes to the insects that pollinate them. Um, so they attract particular insects. There's actually one type of orchid that only attracts male bees of one species. That's the only insect that pollinates it. Um, that's not the case for all the orchids, but um, all, most orchids are like at, at least have a selective um, attraction 
mechanism um, so that not not every insect just comes in and sips that good good nectar um, so if the mantis wants uh, mimics one specific orchid then it will be really limiting the 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 insects that come and into its grasp so instead the mantis has more of a general orchid disguise it becomes a jack of all trades it gets a b plus rating for multiple orchid types rather than an a plus for just one um so this means that it has a greater um attraction rate because again insects do not really see what we see so we if you ever look up a picture of this which i recommend because this is actually a pretty um a pretty pretty insect it's a pretty insect um You'll be like, oh, look, it looks, I can see it. Duh. Well, how come How come the flies can't see it? Or how come the moths can't see it? Um, just imagine, uh, like, just unfocus your eyes and slant them a little bit and maybe you'd see a little bit more of, like, what they see, which is just this unfocused blur um, that does not really focus on details and more relies on scent and sound and pheromones and things like that. Um, but... For the most part, they're like, hey, that kind of looks like an orchid that I might, um, that I might want to, want to have uh, a vacation on for a second. <laughs> um, and it's not really important for it to be, to perfectly mimic one particular orchid, because the devil's in the details. So yeah, it is a is a very accomplished. Um, flower mimicker that's aggressive <laughs> so aggressive um, and then it pounces out and, and grabs the um, and grabs the prey like lightning fast I think we talked about how fast um, it does it in when we talked about just the praying mantis in general in the previous episode um, but it's one of lightning McQueen and he's and he is speed mm-hmm which is impressive. But that's all I got. That's the flower power. That's all I got. All right. So that was the Orchid Mantis. For you out there in Podcastia, pick a pretty flower, hold on tight, and slap your favorite bugs out of the sky like the Orchid Mantis here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast <laughs> hmm. that was a short episode i was all over the place with that i could not find my stride <laughs>